Welcome to the Ether. Today's Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Cosmonaut Boot Camp featuring White Whale, hosted by Tendermint Timmy. Let's take a listen. Hey, there we go. I think I think Twitter's trying to sabotage us tonight. <laughs> Once again, it seems like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice to talk to you again. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, I'm excited to kind of touch base again i think it's kind of a cool like follow-up like last time we had you guys on the spaces it was during a pretty turbulent time where we were kind of talking about the you know fairly distant future and at least in the realm of crypto and now we're now we're right close to some really cool stuff so yeah it's kind of cool to keep up with it and you know we should definitely do this again in a couple months yeah definitely a lot of things have have happened in the cosmos and at White Whale in the last weeks. Uh, I feel like yeah. um, with all the airdrops and airdrop announcement, there's some steam coming back into the system, especially today. It was a really nice day, you know, with FMOS. Yeah. And Adam, like, whew. Yeah, that one pumped. Awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, I, I kind of like, I don't know if you saw Golden Ratios theory. I'm sure some other people have theory, but I bet they're fairly related. I almost wonder if there's a sex spying into Evmos, and one of the routes they're doing it is through Cosmos Dexes, which meant acquiring Adam Kirk. Mm. An interesting yeah, thought. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, there we go. That's yeah. working. Yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what. It was buggy. It was it was bugging. No worries. I usually we usually shoot the shit for the first five or ten minutes and let people trickle in and let yeah. Twitter sort out its tech issues. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we 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 sorted this one out. So cool. I think uh, that I can't tell. One of you has a bit of an echo. Okay, I think it was you, Sebastian. Cool. Yeah, just trying. Yeah, to I'll mute. Whenever. I'll mute on and off when I'm when I'm not talking. Cool. Well, sounds good. We'll let a couple more people trickle in, give it a second. But um, how have you guys been in general outside of the hectic, hectic world of crypto? Things been life been treating you well? Well, not a... on my end, everything's awesome. You know, really looking forward to to Colombia uh, next month. Yeah. And otherwise, you know, things looking good on my end. How about you? Pretty good. Haven't had a ton of free time away from crypto lately, especially since I kind of got off vacation, dove back into stuff, but not complaining, you know. Hey, can we give uh, Bob LeBlanc an invite to come up? Yeah, cool. That was going to be one of my questions. And then is it just going to be you three tonight, I think? I'm not sure if anyone else was coming. Um, it might just be us three. Okay, cool. Cool. Well, um... While we let some people continue to trickle in, maybe we can do the classic kind of, let's pretend I haven't really heard you guys. Let's do a zoom out 
for someone totally new to white whale um, before we dig into all the cool nitty gritty. Uh, I don't want to butcher it. I'll let, I'll let one of you take it. So what is white whale um, and what do you guys aim to do? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll handle this one. So um, white whale, we started off on, on Terra version one, right? And our original vision um, was to protect the UST peg, right? Of all things, um, <laughs> you know, and we, we certainly tried to do that, but it was more than that. We wanted to decentralize arbitrage, right? And democratize arbitrage. Arbitrage is a very important element of DeFi, right? It's a key element of DeFi. You, you need it to stabilize prices. Um, but, you know, typically it's been limited, right? It's, it has a high barrier of entry. So you either need skills, like the technical skills to develop a bot. You need a large amounts of capital, right? There's, there's all kinds of things you need. And even then, even still, it's a very competitive thing. So we wanted to take arbitrage and, and open it up, right? And give access. So so retail and so your your average degens could um could make some arb bunnies, right? That that's always that was kind of our ethos. Um and you know, we we tried our best um to to defend the peg even when things went really south and we were proud of you know the the way we handled it and just the fact that we foresaw um you know, we foresaw the issue, right? We were saying for months before the crash that one um you know, we're, we're nervous about attacks on the USD peg, intentional attacks on the USD peg. And, and basically we're trying to prepare, we're trying to um, take our place on the wall and defend this thing when, when, you know, something bad happens, right? Because there will be a day that will come. We want to prepare for it. So, you know, we, we, we did that and, and we did it as best we could. Right. And, you know, it hurt us as much as it hurt anyone else that's building on Terra you know, now that the dust is settled, um, you're really seeing seeing who's coming out. There, there are a few projects that reinvented themselves and have come out of the of the nuke, um, you know, better and stronger and with cool new products and ideas. I mean, Kujira is one of them. Look at them; they're they're freaking killing it. Um, you know, and there, there's a few others that that are that have used it kind of to their advantage, you know, and and survived it survived it for one, um, and and adjusted their model and are kind of flying forward and we're doing that as well right so we learned a lot we learned a lot from being on ground zero of the terror crash we learned a lot from you know from building our v1 and from the steps that we took uh to to, to democratize arbitrage you know we pioneered flash loans on terra because that was a key that's how our our bots got um got funded right so um so we have a lot of of tools in our belt right so then we um you know, we kind of tweaked our vision. We expanded our vision. We we you know uh, in, embraced the the IBC and the Cosmos. Um, you know, and we came up with this idea for um, for interchain arbitrage infrastructure. Right. So basically, you you have you know you have all these chains on the IBC. Right. Sixty some now, and there will be hundreds and even thousands. Right. Um, you know, so that that creates an environment where there's fractured liquidity, right? That liquidity is spread over all these different chains. All these different chains have their own DEXs, whether it's JunoSwap, right, or Say Exchange. You know, all of these there's all these um, exchanges on different chains, right? They cannot. Um, you can't arbitrage. You can't do atomic arbitrage unless there's more than one pool 
um, or more than one DEX on that exchange, on every exchange. So um, we came up with this idea, right, to basically build, build infrastructure throughout the IBC um, that will make it easier for not only seasoned bots that are seasoned arbors, but also for, uh, you know, for everyday retail guys um, to do arbitrage throughout the IBC. And the, the net result, the finished product of this is, is that um, ultimately prices will be stabilized, right? Um, the token prices will be stabilized across the IBC as well. Because, I mean, I'm, I imagine you could easily foresee right juno trading for 550 five dollars and fifty cents on on juno exchange but then on osmosis it's trading for 650 right or 750 and then on on you know exchange c is trading for ten dollars right so um so our infrastructure our contracts are are made um to smooth all that out basically to smooth all that out and to provide the tools um to arb the ibc that's that's what it is in a nutshell that's that's the abstract of it so um Sentom, feel free to add add anything i i left off wait i i promise i do want to wait to get into the weeds but i just have to ask because i might even know the answer to this just not by the term but what is atomic arbitrage yeah so atomic arbitrage is basically arbitrage in a single transaction so so now if you want to arb on the ibc you can't you can't do it in the same transaction and that's you know if you do it in the same transaction so rv1 contracts you were actually calling a flash loan actually buying on one exchange selling on, so buying on astroport selling on TerraSwap, repaying the flash loan and taking your profit all in one transaction that's an atomic that's that's atomic right so currently with the way the ibc works Right. With the way Tendermint works, you can't do that cross chain. You if, if you want to arb, right, if you want to arb Juno between JunoSwap and Osmosis um, and, and, you know, Sencon's the expert in this, so he can correct me if I'm saying anything wrong. But basically, you have to do it in su subsequent blocks. So you have to buy it. You have to buy Juno on JunoSwap in one block and then sell it on Osmosis in the uh, in the next. Now, that introduces risk. Right. That introduces risk in the ARB trade. Arbors don't like that. If you do it all in one transaction, right, like we would do in our V1, then you have a fail safe. If, if it's negative, if it if it loses money, the trade fails, it throws an error and the trade fails. Right. So, you know what you're getting. You know that you're making profit if you're doing it atomically. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. OK, that's that's what I was thinking, because that and I, one piece of the puzzle you even missed there that makes non-atomic ARBing hard even harder right now is it's not just one block and a subsequent block it's plus all the ones during the ibc transaction which can be multiple blocks long um assuming you don't have like a, a pool of liquidity on each which i know is on each which i know is partly also where you guys come in but cool perfect answer um i guess i kind of want to provide some like uh kind of bigger picture context for people before we kind of start really getting into like exactly how you guys work and what you provide um i was re-looking and of course i can't find it now in all my tabs yeah i was re taking a peek again at your light paper uh today and sort of the beginning of the abstract stood out to me so i want to just read a couple lines and then talk on it for a second so white whale's mission is to empower retail users and redistribute market influence from centralized entities to retail communities and that has not changed from v1 so 
just that alone. And then it goes on to say large market makers and other institutions want to keep entry barriers high to hoard all the market making arbitrage and liquidation profits of the ecosystem for themselves. So I think like, while what you guys do on the surface just explained as here is the product we've made, I think we'll cover that pretty, pretty well tonight. And that'll be easy. But it took me a couple of weeks of like thinking about your guys' product and talking with Sen off and on in DM to wrap my head around sort of why you guys introed your paper with that. And so for, for everyone else listening, I kind of want to jumpstart that process if maybe you're like me and a bit lagging. Markets, like for the most part, find the most efficiency, right? And so in traditional systems, unfortunately, it is most efficient for the big players to be the ones that profit off of things like market making and arbitrage. It is just like pure efficiency, not fairness. That, that's how it works in a traditional system. And that's why you don't really have nearly as much, you know, there's no kids coming out of college going, oh, I'm going to be a daytime arbor. Like they all want to trade. And there's not many even like mid-sized protocol teams projects, both in traditional finance and Web3, that can kind of fill these niches. So it's not just that you guys are introducing a product that sort of allows the average person to compete with the big boys. It's that you're kind of disrupting, hopefully if all goes well, the way markets are sort of uh, set up traditionally in this, in, in this way, at least as far as like the efficiency aspect, right? You're making it so that the average user might have such uh, a powerful set of tools that are on par with what the big boys have, that suddenly it is no longer inefficient for smaller people to be doing these tasks, like participating in liquidations and arbitraging. And thusly, they will just start to naturally more as like the market kind of takes hold. Um, I guess that, that's sort of, I'll, I'll stop there. Just sort of the context of what you do on the surface is simple, but how sort of radically different it is from the way that finance has worked for the longest time due to just natural market forces um, is something it took me a little bit of time to kind of have the oh shit moment for. So I just wanted to shout that out for context for everyone as we dive into this discussion. I think it, it might be helpful. Um, I also noticed Bob is still not up here. I'm going to shoot you another uh, invite. Yeah, I think I think he's just planning on listening. He'll he'll oh, jump God. up if, if he needs to, but I think he's just planning on listening for now. Cool. No worries. Yeah. So that's that's all I kind of wanted to touch on uh, on that uh, end of things. But is there anything you guys want to add to that? Yeah, I, I did mean, that justice. I, <laughs> yeah, sure. I, and I'll I'll let Sencom talk too after I'm done. But um, you know, I think that's a fair point, and I think it's it's relevant. You know, um, what we've seen some interesting things in regards to in regards to that, in regards to who's arbing, who's making the money, um, who's cleaning up, right? Like, I mean, Ontario you know, we could tell horror stories, you know, and, and the, the thing is, it's not just the, it's not just the big market makers or the big hedge funds, you know, sometimes it's people who aren't necessarily playing fair or playing by the rules. Right. Um, but we, we see this, you know, on, on Terra, right. Pre-crash. I mean, we saw there was pretty much one entity that was making 80% of the, of the R profits. Right. And, you on know, your but, guys on your guys platform or on no, the no, whole not network? on white whale. No, not on, on the whole network. We're talking about a, a private fund, right? Yep. A, a, a private fund that had an edge 
right? That that was kind of in the dark, right? Just arbing from the dark and making, I mean, millions and millions of dollars in the dark, right? Now, we we saw a few problems with this, right? One is that it's it's a it's a it's a point of failure, right? And it's a, it's a centralization issue because what happens if the big dogs, if it's no longer in their interest to arb and say keep the peg, right? Or if it's it now it's in their interest to short something, right? So these these big arbors that are doing it in the dark, right? It's not transparent. It's not blocked. You know, I mean, you could see their transactions on the chain, but that's about it, right? Um, you know. But but what happens if they decide to to do something else or or to shore or to you know God God knows if they figure out a way where they can make even more profit right so they they have a whole lot a whole lot of power right so that's one of the things that we wanted to disrupt right we wanted to decentralize that and kind of break up that secret cartel in the dark right because it's it it, it is there or at least it was there on Terra. Right. Um, and then another another point that I would make is one one of the other things that's on our roadmap, which I, I think kind of fits into this point, is um, we are currently building a bot. We're not going to arb. Um, we're not going to arb at the protocol level in V2. We're building the infrastructure. Right. So White Whale isn't going to arb at the protocol level. What we are doing is we're building an arb bot. And, and it will be a vanilla arb bot. Right. But we're going to open source it. OK. We're going to open source an arb bot. Um, so that so that people can just use it, they can plug in whatever pools they want in the IBC, um, and they can do arbitrage, right? So that's where the bringing the retail element comes in in this, because there will be so many niches and so many sort of obscure corners of the IBC and and random dexes that can be arb that we couldn't possibly do it. Um, at a protocol level, so it's basically like here. Here's the art. Here's the code. Here's the R bot, and hopefully, you know, people will improve on it, right? People will build things with it, build things on top of it. It'll be tied right into our flash loans. So you call our flash loans. You don't need to have your own capital, and you just insert pools, um, it, you know, and be as as close to plug and play as possible, right? So, so that's another thing that's on our roadmap that we're pretty excited about. Actually, I, I just realized too. Um... Sen, if you want to add something, you can definitely go in front of this. But I have realized lately in the past couple of months, people are actually not even as familiar with flash loans as I thought. So you guys might be tired of explaining it. I can do it. But um, quickly, might want to just touch on like what flash loans are. But Sen, did you want to add something to that directly? or I can, I can answer the question regarding flash loans. So cool. flash loans, that's something that was pioneered on Ethereum. And it allows you to take a zero collateralized loan but you have to repay it in a single transaction so and there's no no limit on the amount you loan so you could for example loan a million dollars but you have to return it in the same transaction now obviously what can you use this for and the answer is arbitrage and liquidations you can use the funds for example let's say you take a million um, atom you sell it against juno and then you buy osmosis and then you buy atom again at the end you might have a million and ten thousand and you repay the million plus the fee and you keep the profit that's what flash loans are mostly used for and you can also build some some funky protocols there were some interesting things coming up on terra and i'm sure we'll see some of these surfacing again in the cosmos ecosystem perfect yeah 
Hey, hey, Sean, Tom, why don't you explain a little why, uh, how we're going to use them so people don't have to store liquidity all over the IBC? Sure. Um, so I think everybody here is, is a Cosmos or IBC Maxi. So we all believe in this multi-chain vision. And I think most of crypto does, besides some weird Ethereum guys who think everything will play out on Ethereum. But um, so we'll have this multi-chain future. And um, a, lot of, a lot of these um, chains will have money markets on them. And you need to stabilize these money markets. So the DEXs, the order books, and so on. You need capital. So for arbitrage, you need capital. Now, if you only have one chain and the whole world is on, on one chain, you need capital in one place. And that's it. But if you have a thousand chains, you need the same capital or maybe a little bit less, but you still need capital on a thousand chains. And this introduces a load of problems because, um, yeah, imagine you have to store a million bucks on not one, but a thousand chains. That's a lot. So this doesn't work. So this um, multi-chain vision introduces market and capital inefficiencies that are just starting to surface as we grow the ecosystem and the whole crypto space. And we are trying to tackle that problem or work on the solution to this problem before it actually becomes a big problem. So by having our, um, our flash loan vaults deployed on on various chains, people can, or retail or institutions or whoever can just deploy capital into our interchain system. And everybody can use the capital for market making arbitrage. Can, can I ask you guys kind of a dumb question? So in, in the TradFi world, or even just the central exchange world for crypto, like personally as a end user with not a lot of capital, um, the only arbitrage I've ever done is between different pairings of the same coin on one exchange. And so I've always, I've never bothered to look into it, but I've thought about like when the big boys do arbitrage between, let's say, two different exchanges, they obviously, they don't transfer funds between them. They have a pool of funds sitting on each that they can kind of act as if it was one. Is that correct? Or... Yeah, this is a way you can do this, for example. Cool. So, okay. So then that kind of connects some pieces. But that's what I've always like imagined. And so I've always actually, I think, kind of thought about and dreamed about what, what you guys have created. Like some protocol that doesn't come with the barrier of having to have enough money where you have a sizable pool on each chain because it somehow like uh, democratizes and Connects, exactly. Connect different. And it's, yeah. Okay. Perfect. It's shared funds, so people can deposit so putting, into it, and different people can use it. So it's right. not limited. It's putting someone like myself on the same playing field as a big boy that might, on their own, have pools of liquidity on each chain equal to, or maybe a little less than, like what you guys will have in the protocol. Exactly. So even if yep. if you as a user don't want to run your own bots, you know, which is completely understandable you can still um, tap into some of the profits that is, for example, generated by, by the flash loans. And by that, um, yeah, get a part of the MEV. And just to, to touch on that, we're also cooperating with a couple of very interesting projects in this space. We're trying to solve this. Um, 
so there are some very interesting things coming up in the future where um, this MEV um, is shared even more to the chain and to the users. So um, very interesting stuff ha happening behind the scenes. Okay. Very yeah, cool. yeah. I'll just I'll just put my two cents on that too. So, you know, arbitrage is basically trading the same asset in two different places to make a profit, right? So you're trading the exact same pair on two different exchanges or two different pools, um, instant to make an instant profit, right? Now you're right. In order to do this traditionally, um, arbors need to to have capital sitting in these different markets, right? Or in these different exchanges, right? So we are, we're solving that problem and, and laying the play, playing field, as you said, by we're storing the capital on all these different places. So the little guys don't have to, or, and the big guys for that matter too. You know, the big arbors, they could use our flash loans as well. Um, it just makes it more efficient, right? Right, okay, cool, sweet. Okay, I had one other question that just slipped out of my head, but I'm sure it'll come back to me. So, okay, so let's dive into a little, I guess, for, for everyone listening, I have pinned um, a couple tweets at the top. One, just a link to their light paper. So if you guys want to go check that out um, at some point, it's a very digestible read, I'd say. Um, and then the other is sort of the updated image to uh, one that we talked through last time. So now that we kind of have a, a basis for like what you guys want to do, I think Hopefully this image already kind of makes sense to a lot of people. Um, so let's kind of dive into um, using this to kind of walk through how stuff might work on your platform. Um, and I guess one of my first questions there, uh, I don't know if maybe we want to get to this later. I'm not sure if it's in here, but so just looking at this piece of the puzzle. So obviously we have Terra and Juno as two separate chains that each have similar white whale modules integrated in them and are all kind of connected to what you guys call the interchain command. Um, let, actually, I'll, I'll get to my question as we get there. So let's, let's start at the top or wherever you guys think makes most sense. Um, where in this flowchart might? Um, let's, say, let's say user, so top left. So if I'm a user, I'm going to go and start my interaction at the interchain command, correct? Yes. Um, cool. Yes, the user interaction is mo or will in the future once it's fully developed, um, happening at the interchain command. And let me give you a little bit of context. So right now, the yeah. number of chains we're having is is exploding, and you know we have Kepler, which is you know which is nice. We have Cosmos Station, which is which just launched, which is also good. But all these different addresses, you know. It's becoming a lot, especially for non, you know, crypto natives, as as we are. It's a lot to handle, you know, send stuff via IBC from here to there, and it's not intuitive. It should be abstracted away that complexity. And one of the complexities that arise from this multi-chain vision is also that you have to deposit liquidity into a lot of chains. Let's say you want to have some liquidity on Juno, on Osmosis, on Fmos, on archway and so on and you have to manage all of this liquidity yourself this is a lot of work and this is also um, complex and not efficient so the user will uh, eventually be able to deposit liquidity into our interchain command which will then 
distribute the liquidity throughout our interchain liquidity system, which hence the name interchain liquidity protocol, um, to the different chains wherever we have deployed on, maybe Terra, Juno, um, Osmosis, Artway, whatever. This is one user interaction for a normal user via the web interface. And another one is, for example, um, and swap aggregator. So this, I think a lot of people are building this, but we're building one on top of this too, where the swap is getting distributed across the interchain. And by that, you get the best prices. And um, just a third interaction that actually isn't featured on the on this chart, but um, uh, that's, I think, very, I'm personally very excited about this. Um, so this, Liquidity, the liquidity user deposit into this, into our system or the protocol will be managed by the protocol and it will flow between the different chains. Let's say there's a high demand on, or there's demand on Juno, then liquidity can flow from Terra, Archway, and Osmosis to, to Juno. And this will work in a way where users can decide where the liquidity goes by staking to their chain with the whale tokens. So think about, it, think about it like this. Let's say we have five chains and 10 million of total liquidity in, in our system. Now, of course, you could just <clears throat> start to distribute the liquidity um, one-fifth each. But what we are thinking at is making it more um, based on demand so that the, the ratio, you know, for example, Terra 20%, Juno 10, is decided by the users, by the amount of people who stake to their chain. And by that, um, liquidity is distributed across the, the interchain. So this oh, is the okay. three so it, use cases it, for the end user. Okay. And so at, at first, when you said stake and decide, I kind of thought you meant the governance, but do you mean kind of more automated, just like the more white whale tokens staked on chain X, the more liquidity it gets? Exactly. So of course, there will be, okay. will be staking for governance and there will be governance proposals um, just as, um, yeah, as, it, as it become standard in the DeFi ecosystem. But this is a very novel use case we're, we're developing here where the token additionally is not only you know, the standard DeFi stuff is you have a protocol that generates revenue and you can stake the token, participate in government governance and get part of that revenue. We have yep. that too. That's, you know, vanilla stuff. But we're adding an additional very interesting use case for the token where it controls the liquidity flow throughout the interchain. I think there are some very interesting or use cases coming up or can build on this where... Um, just imagine a new chain launches. You know, a lot of new chains chains struggle with attracting liquidity. Now, the interchain liquid, interchain command, you know, the the white whale protocol has liquidity or will have liquidity in it. So, whenever a new chain launch launches, the the protocol can decide to move liquidity there, which is, I think, a very interesting concept and I think also pioneering in crypto. And so. Where does the uh, interchain command live? Is that going to be on your own chain? Um, we'll have to, to watch the technological trends because things are moving very quickly. 
right now we're on Juno, but um, Neutron is also very, um, very attractive uh, candidate. Okay, so right, right now, I guess maybe a good way to kind of think about things. You guys are kind of, if we took this image and you took the top part of it and just stuck it into each chain. So they're not interconnected yet, but most of what we see in this image is like going live on Juno, right? It's just that rather than the interchain command being separate in V1, it's on-chain with Juno and people are like interact with it directly from there, right? Yes, I'd say um, we have the liquidity hubs ready. The liquidity hubs yep. with, with the pool network and the flash loan vault network. They are close to being released. That's, and then we'll start piece or working piece by piece on the interchain command and piece the individual modules together. Okay. Okay. Cool. So so far yeah, to so roadmap. I think it's yeah. I think this is a good opportunity to talk about where we're at on our roadmap. What's coming up? What's coming up eminently? Um, if you want to, if you want to do that, Semcon. Sure. Sure, I can do that. Um, do you want to give precise dates or just some? Whatever, whatever you feel like sharing. Drop as much alpha as you <laughs> as you want <laughs> at your discretion. <laughs> All right. So um, we have planned to launch next week uh, our liquidity hubs on Terra and Juno. So exact date is yet to be announced, but next week is is the time. And from then on, it will be quite quickly with expanding to new chains because these liquidity apps are replicatable. So um, we're looking at, at a bunch of very interesting chains we can deploy on later. If you look on our website, there's, there's a list of them from um, Neutron, Say, Archway, Injective, Kujira, Chihuahua, just to name a few. And we will. Um, start deploying on on a lot of chains very very soon after the initial release on juno and terra and in parallel of course start with the interchain command and the first pieces of the pieces and bits wow okay oh cool so we're right around the corner we are oh that's awesome okay and just I think I know the answer here, but for those curious, osmosis has been omitted from this conversation. Is that just due to the lack of cosmosm, or osmosis does have cosmosm? Cosmosm, um, but there's no particular reason why we haven't included osmosis yet. Okay, okay. Wasn't sure if there, there's, so. There's no like incompatibility or anything. No. Okay, cool. Just curious. Awesome. So, okay. So the one. I'm sure there's a lot we can we can still dive into, and if people have questions, we can probably let people up at the end. So um, if you're like me and there's probably a few pieces of puzzle missing, no worries. Um, also, feel free to like DM myself or reply to the spaces tweet. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to wrap my head around flash loans uh, by themselves are actually a very like esoteric sort of like concept. I don't even know if that's the right word. I'm not quite sure what word I want, but they're 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 very kind of weird to grasp, um, at least at first, because it's like, I understand why they work, 
you know, it's because you're only borrowing money that you are paying back and it's all 100% verified because it's in the same block. But it's kind of like, where's that money coming from? There's kind of a, a bit of like abstraction there and it just seems to work. I, I've played around with flash loans before. I've like taken them from Aave and done stuff with them using like a DeFi combo builder tool on Ethereum. And that, that I, I, I'm able to wrap my head around because Aave is a lending protocol. Like what they do is let you take out loans. And so it's just like, oh, okay, what they do minus the need for collateral because I'm paying it back instantly. It's a little bit harder to kind of imagine. So you guys have liquidity pools that are similar to Aave deposits um, in this sort of like analogy. I guess like for flash loans, this is going to sound so dumb, but what do you need? You can only flash loan up to the amount of the liquidity in your pool, correct? Correct. I guess it's so interesting. So you guys are kind of playing the part of both like Aave in this example and the tooling that I use to do the flash loan, kind of all wrapped into one. Um, is there any chance you guys might integrate and expand to work with like other lending protocols or will it always be protocol and liquidity pools? Um, yeah, so we have decided to, to go with our own solutions because when you deploy on a, on a, on a lot of different chains and each chain usually has their own DEXs, their own lending protocols, mm-hmm. they have different interfaces. So it becomes very difficult to expand to a lot of chains yeah if you have to connect with the dexes there and and the the lending protocols and their interfaces chains as they do upgrades so this would be very limited or limiting to our growth which is why we decided to build our own flash loan vaults and our own pools so we 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 offer the capital for the arbitrage and the liquidations we give them the, the bots to do it and of course they can use their own and also we create the opportunity you know, you have two two DEXs and um, we bring a third one and this creates new opportunity. So we try to cover right. all three. And okay. that's the reason why we decided to um, go with our own solution. Yeah, and makes sense. augment whatever is on the chain. So we're not trying to, um, for example, if we were to launch on, on, on say network, you know, they're they building order books. We're not trying to take away the, the users from the order book. We're tra- trying to augment the system by, by providing more opportunities, by um, bringing arbitrage and flash loans to their system, which creates volume, which is fees, and you know the drill. So yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. So I guess the next thing I kind of want to touch on um, is the liquidation side of things. I think, at least in my mind, I've kind of mainly been focused on flash loans when thinking about you guys, and in particular arbitrage. Um, so walk me through like what kind of tooling and features you guys might have to let end users support and participate in liquidations. And then also maybe dumb question, but does that work off of flash loans as well? Or is that just the standard like liquidation sort of engine? So liquidations, that depends on the implementation, which is why. So in Cosmos, lending protocols aren't as, uh, as big as they are on Ethereum. Mm-hmm. So we've gone with the low-hanging fruit, which is arbitrage. Um, but depending on the on the lending protocol, you can also use, or you might be able to use flash loans. 
Um, I think the Mars protocol was using our flash loans on, on, or people were using our flash loans to do liquidations of on Mars protocol on Terra Classic. So that's think, correct. So um, how does that how does that work? Is so would that combine buying into a liquidation and then also selling what you bought from that into the token that you need to pay back your loan with? I don't quite understand how because like with yeah, flash exactly. loans okay, so yeah, so I would take out plus fee. Exactly. But how does how does that work if it is currently being liquidated. How do I sell that for a profit and yeah, pay back the loan? You're right, Timmy. So you liquidate the loan, you immediately sell the collateral and then pay it back. And then, and then you keep the profit. And that's all in all in the same transaction. That's smart contract magic. Okay. So I take, let's say I take a loan uh, for 5,000 USDC to to buy a, into a liquidation that's happening right now it gives me uh you know x number of token or whatever that i buy right let's say you you liquidate and the collateral was b lunar let's say this is an anchor an yeah, old anchor yeah. protocol right yeah. so you get that you get the b luna right at a discount and then you immediately sell it it, it immediately sells it in the same transaction that's the part to- i don't get because sure. since we're in the exact same block Sorry, Seb, your, your mic's doing the echo. You can mute. <laughs> um, apologies. Um, if you're doing it in the exact same block, how would you be able to get a higher price for it than what you just paid in the liquidation? Because it's literally you currently it in, in, the, in the same transaction. That's even, even faster. So flash loans work in the same transaction, not in the same block. And because right. there's, there's typically a premium, you're getting a premium on the liquidation. Oh, right. And so that's so, actually where the profit's coming that's from. That's where the profit is, yes. Gotcha. So you're selling it at market value, but you're, you're getting a premium to liquidate it. Okay. And then actually the, the biggest flaw with that model, like sticking on Terra, is, you know, let's pretend it's a bad liquidation cascade. There might not be orders for you to sell it at market. But once we expand to the cross-chain and even just cross-dex vision, chances are like there'll be somewhere to secure that profit right that's like another benefit that'll come with you guys along the road like imagine there's you know four different uh protocols working this way on juno um you secure the liquidation on one and maybe that same protocol doesn't have the order book capacity for you to profit off it you could go to another dex right because it's still you know all atomic correct that's also one of the reasons we we provide our pools on every or on every chain we deploy our liquidity apps on yeah okay very cool yeah i I think the the bigger point to me is that um you know that yes you could call our flash loans for to do liquidations anywhere on the ibc anywhere you know on any money market on any protocol that does them right any lending protocol that does them you could call them from the flash loans do the liquidations and pay back the flash loans. We actually had people on Terra, you know, on on our V1 
they were calling our flash loans because we opened up our flash loans, right? So they were calling our flash loans. They built bots that um, that liquidation bots that were liquidating on Mars and u- utilizing our flash loans, right? So um, it's the same idea as arbitrage. It's all done in one transaction. It's done atomically, but you just use the capital in our in our flash loan vaults. And just to clarify, so everybody understands, right? Our liquidity hubs consist of the AMM pools, right? So secondary, de- basically a secondary DEX pool. Um, and then the single asset vaults, right? Which are straight flash loan vaults. They're only for flash loans. That's their only purpose. Okay. So on every, you know, on, on every chain that we're launched on, we're going to have these single asset vaults. So let's say on Juno, we'll have a Juno vault, right? That you only deposit Juno in. So people can LP it. So you can deposit your Juno into our vault and and that's used for flash loans. That's used to take flash loans out denominated in Juno, right? And you'll get the sweet, you'll get the fees, you'll get the profits from the flash loans. They'll be distributed to those LPs, right? So we'll have these single asset flash loan vaults deployed on every chain that we're on as part of our liquidity hunts. Just so, just so that's clear. Yep. Totally. Okay, cool. That, that was a really good breakdown. Sweet. Okay. Um, let's see. So that, that's honestly, that, that's pretty, that's pretty clear picture as far as myself. Oh, we have one request to speak. I think if that's a question, we'll, we'll get you up towards the end. Anyone requesting to speak? Um, wanted to make sure it wasn't part of your team but i don't think so cool sweet okay so starting with juno juno and terra next week um what what's uh gonna be like immediately available for the end user arbitrage i assume right so but like how we start like next with the decks so our first okay so we have quite an ambitious project or protocol you know open source bots and this interchain command which is pioneering the liquidity apps it's a lot you know yep. they're on terra or you know, in crypto they're full teams just doing a dex and you you know if you look at the graphic the dex is just a small piece of the puzzle here so um we decided as a release strategy instead of you know hiding hiding in the shadows for the next year um to to build the full product and then release it in one go we release it piece by piece as we build it whenever there's there's a huge useful um product and the first thing we've developed is the dex part of the liquidity hub and the flash loans will follow soon after yeah and to clarify the contracts the the flash loan vaults the contracts are done um so Next week, when we talk about a next week rollout on Terra and Juno, it's going to be the DEX pools first. But then we're looking at um, rolling out the flash loan vaults within a couple few weeks um, after that on Terra and Juno. So our hope is that by the time we're in Medellin, we're celebrating because um, we have liquidity hubs for our, you know, our complete liquidity hubs with the decks and the flash loan vaults launched on both Terra and Juno, and maybe even a couple more chains. Um, awesome. So that's that's the plan. Cool. Okay. So enlighten me, because I'll I'll be honest, I haven't I haven't kept too up to date on Terra two, um, but I imagine 
there, unlike Juno, there are multiple fleshed out working dexes, right? So like some kind of arbitrage might happen sooner than later there? There is um, TerraSwap and Astroport. Um, there's also Phoenix, I believe. True, true. Yeah, it's three. three. Okay, um, cool. And so then there's Luke... already arbitrage happening there. Um, so we would just, in, in case of be Terra, able to plug right into that. Yeah, be the fourth dex and um, with the flash loans, um, yeah, create the new cool. capital efficient um, arbitrage opportunities. Um, but on Juno, it's a little bit different because we'd be the. I know Loop has launched, but I think they only have one pair right now, which, yeah. which you can't use for arbitrage. But with us launching, we would have a second AMM DEX um, on Juno. So there would be arbitrage between JunoSwap and our liquidity hubs, which you know brings volume, gets the botsters interested in Juno, which is uh, very interesting. So yeah. being the second DEX is, uh, is a good thing on a chain because if you only have one DEX, there's no, no volume, no arbitrage. <laughs> but as soon as you have two, uh, things start to get interesting. Yeah, that's kind of all you need for the spark to get get it going. Okay, super cool. Um, sweet. Well, I guess I guess slightly shift in topic, but I I need to shout these out at some point. I just want to commend you guys. I've seen you guys joining like active sets on the validator side, left, right, and center lately. Um, and then also I saw with your recent uh, NFT collection release, which I'll let you guys talk on. Um, one of the first, or is it the first use of the new token standard that's like uh, cross-chain compatible? I'll let you guys speak on that, but I saw that and thought that was pretty cool. I'm trying to dig up the tweet right now. Sure. Um, yeah, with IBC NFTs. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool and also sad story. Um, the interchain um, NFT standard isn't yet finished, so we try to you know, one of our developers is, is part of the work group who's contributing contributing to the standard. And we were trying to front run this a little bit. So they were still in development and we just said, all right, let's let's try this. Unfortunately, um the the work group decided to to not abandon this but modify it slightly. So we have to wait until they um agreed on on the new iteration of the standard and then we can uh, hopefully use them uh, cross chain yeah and to give it to give a little more on that it, it is a pretty interesting story but so we we went ahead and we um you know we launched our our nft collection uh you know which the the fallen guardians right we airdropped it and yeah it's it was an ibc enabled collection um, and it was kind of the guinea pig, right? It was kind of the the test the test mouse. Um, so so we launched the collection, and um, we're working with these dexes to get it listed, and it was taking forever on the dex end, um, you know. And and then basically they came to realize that this is going to be way too much work. This is going to be a lot of work implementing this iteration, um, you know, of the NFTs. So so. Um, you know, they're 
I, I don't know exactly where they're at now. Our other dev would, you know, Fable would be able to speak more on it, but they're, they're discussing a pivot. You know, they're discussing a pivot in how they do um, the IBC enabled NFTs because of the issues that we ran into when deploying the uh, when deploying our collection. So I guess that's kind of a price you pay for being the first, you know, and and um, you know what I mean? I pioneer the stuff. You know, it is what it is. But um, good news is the contracts are migratable. We can, you know, we can always sort of shift and pivot as well and, and um, do what we need to do. But there needs to be a consensus reached first by the developers. You know, they need to decide which direction they want to go before, for, with the uh, um, the IBC NFTs. So I guess that's a little bit of alpha for you there, too, as far as those go. Yeah. Does does ICS stand for Interchain Standard? Yes. Like for ICS 721? Okay, cool. Um, are, so is this collection, uh, like, traded uh, somewhere on terra right now or did it did it have a mint outside of like uh kind of the airdrop style mint or however you might phrase it like is it just a standard collection like are people trading it and like yeah you know? so so the only thing we did was airdrop there was it was only an airdrop there wasn't okay, a mint, yeah. there wasn't a fee um we, again so it's not listed on any decks right now you can't trade them because no one was able to list them because they were a new standard the new um, sta- uh, yeah right so we we were talking to several we were talking to dexes on terra i think talus uh no you know we were talking to several exchanges and then and then weeks would go by or a week would go by and we'd be like hey why aren't we listed and then it was you know they were running into all these issues and all these problems um listing them so um so it it, it you know, then the the first started talking and basically, you know, came to the conclusion, hey, it might be easier to pivot rather than um rather than work around this this iteration of NFTs. Interesting. Okay. Well that's just the price for innovating stuff. And yeah. um it just delays things a little bit on on the yeah. NFT end, but it it's no biggie. There's no it's not a loss connection or anything. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we, you know, we have plenty on our plate is that's the good thing. Um, but those are kind of on hold for now until the IBC devs, you know, um, reach a consensus on which, yeah. which way we're going to go with it. Okay, cool. Good info. Interesting. Um, either way, good for you guys. Cool to see new stuff being tried. Someone always has to be the first. There will be bumps, as you said. So even more sort of, uh, I don't know a bigger shout out to you guys <laughs> like take take those bumps on the chin do what you need to do that's what pioneering tech is all about <laughs> very cool um all right let's see um is there anything else you also mentioned you... um the validators i can lose a couple of words here too yeah actually yeah, actually i'd be more than happy to talk on that for a second um i see you guys just kind of getting broadly involved across the board with like a number of different chains but, yes yeah uh... Let 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 me give you two two sides of of the context here. So, first, as we are embracing you know the Cosmos ecosystem, the interchain vision, we not only want to deploy or be on the on the application level, so deploy our um, our liquidity hubs there and build this protocol. We also want to, as a team, um, support the networks on the infrastructure level by running validators and participate in governance and be a, a full member of each of the interchain community, but also of the 
the local chain communities on all on all levels, you know, the infrastructure level and the application level. This is the, the one side of um, the one side. And the other side is that in the terror crash we did lost or we did lose a lot of money, team funds. Um, I think a lot of projects I mean all of the projects did. And um, so far a lot appear to be dead, you know, haven't come back. Unfortunately, it was almost a miracle. We managed to to save some of our funds, so we can still continue to operate. But of course, we need to um, refinance ourselves, and I think validators are the most, um, the best way to do it in a decentralized way, because I think personally, um, dumping on token holders is is not the the preferred way to go. It's not a sustainable model. I mean, of course, you need to do need to attract investors, and they they get you sell tokens to them. But um, if there's the possibility to do it with validators, I think that's something every team should strive to do. So those are the two two sides of the validator. And you know, lately we have been um, expanding on into a lot of um, on a lot of different chains, particularly those which we're interested in deploying on. So Terra, Juno. Chihuahua, we're in the active set of all three, and um, many will follow. I can tell you that. I saw like even Passage. You guys are doing something with. Are you in their test net or inactive set or something? Yeah, Passage just just launched on mainnet, but it's it's a limited mainnet. You can't transfer the token, I think, or buy the token. Mm. So it's just a delayed genesis or something. Okay. But yeah, we're when... trying to go there too. Yeah, yeah. So when might we see White Whale token on like our local decks? Is that going to be next week or later down the road? Like when might I boot up Juno Swap or head to Astroport or something and see White Whale token? Yeah, so regarding the token, um, I mean, this would be our second token launch. And, and the first time people were, um, you know, complaining that we launched the token too soon. So this time we're trying to go in the other direction a little bit. First, develop our product, at least to a certain point, and yep. then bring the token back into circulation. So it's not, um, and it will be one-to-one airdrop to all the previous holders. So none of the people will go, well, nobody who had whale um, on, on the Terra crash, on Terra 1, during the crash, we'll go empty-handed. And I think we also, um, as you can read in the grant proposal we had with with the Juno Terra Death Fund, there will be a gift to the to the Juno community of whale tokens. Mm-hmm. But regarding timeline, this is still a little bit out. Cool. I, I, th- I think that's fine. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the right attitude. Yeah, I would say, you know, generally speaking, I would say Q4, probably, we're looking at a token launch, um, you know, it's just so, that's so, somewhere towards the end of the year, it'll, it'll be that. Um, so would I be right to guess that maybe around that time is also when you kind of upgrade to the, the more interchain model? Because you, you need the token to help determine where the liquidity spread, right? So I assume those might come around the same time? Um, it's hard to predict because 
the IBC technology is really yeah, it changes it's really cutting edge right now, and it's it's yeah. changing a lot. Um, and we're trying to to build the thing, as I said earlier, piece by piece. So um, if things go well, um, yeah, it might be realistic. Oh, cool. okay, awesome. That's good to hear. Sweet. So let's see. Is there anything else you guys wanted to make sure we cover? Um, we can open it up to some questions, but let's see. White yeah, paper. I mean, the, only, the only thing I would say, the only other point that I would make is, um, you know, we've, we've been building in stealth um, for some months now. You know, I, we did your, we did, you know, your space, um, but we really haven't done much publicly. Um, we, you know, we've been kind of, we licked our wounds after the terror crash you know, retooled our vision and have been heads, heads down building. Um, but, you know, starting really soon here, we're going to, we're going to um, pull back the curtain. Right. And it's going to, we're going to start, you're going to see a lot of shipping very, you know, quickly. Right. Once we, once we launch on the initial DEXs um, and then follow up with the flashlight vaults, you know, it's, it's not a lot to just deploy on another chain Right. Um, so we could be on five, six, you know, eight chains um, in a very short period of time. So, um, you know, it's, we're 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 gearing up to, uh, you know, to unveil and and kind of go yeah. re, re go public again. You know, it, it's funny. On the one hand, you guys are kind of taking it slow, making sure you do stuff right, taking your time on the token, building stuff piece by piece. But that also is kind of going to translate into the ability to scale up quickly and really get rolling, especially like, as you said, most of these sort of modules are, you know, layman's term, copy pastable, right? You set up liquidity hub on one chain, you've more or less figured it out for when you want to expand to another. Um, so yeah, that's really cool. Exactly. That's, um, we're placing a lot of focus on this during the development so that what we're building can scale with the ecosystem. So if the ecosystem scales to a thousand chains in, in a year, then we're trying to to capture that and deploy our liquidity, this interchain liquidity system on whatever chain is it is useful on. And just to add to what Sebastian just just said, in fact, we've uh, we've just started with the first you know um, going public phase. We just started it. We you know started all the validators last week and this week. And we open sourced the liquidity hub code yesterday. Oh yes, is that Migaloo? Exactly, Migaloo is the name of, of the protocol. It's it's the it's the name of the real white whale that actually lives. Yep. Um. So I we thought it was a fitting name, but yeah, we open sourced the the code, so the decks and the flash loans, and. Our leading smart contract dev will host a the first seminar or workshop um, on Friday for everybody who is um, dev inclined and is interested in taking a first peek at, at what we're building. Oh, cool! That's awesome. Let me know. Let me know if I can help promote that or get the word out or anything. Feel free to DM me some info. That's 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 a cool opportunity. Yeah, we'll do it. Sweet. Okay. Um, I want to let, if you guys are good with all of our main talking points, maybe pivot to some questions and some maybe more open-ended things. I know DZ, DeFi Zealot, um, thanks for keeping your mic muted. I saw your request, got you up here. 
Um, yeah, is there anything else, that Sebastian or Sen, you wanted to explicitly cover before we just kind of go a little more freeform? No, let's go. Let's have some questions. That's fine. Cool. DeFi Zealot, take it away. Hey, uh, I uh, am really grateful that you guys are coming back. And uh, when I saw you first launch on Terra, I was, uh, you know, that was the uh, first bootstrap or liquidity bootstrapping that I ever kind of participated in. It was really neat. I learned a lot. And I always thought that it would be awesome for you guys to be multi-chain. So my dreams are coming too. And uh, just wondering if you guys have anything, uh, and you know, this is just kind of a curiosity. It's not like a demand or anything. It's like uh, right before, you know, the last couple of days when Terra was crashing, I, you know, panicked and sold all my white whale tokens that I had and, you know, tried to bring it in to save my position uh, on Anchor and stuff. And uh, I'm wondering if there's any kind of like airdrop or anything that you guys are planning for uh, people that had held white whale tokens. Um, I mean, I understand that you guys also went through the same thing. So, you know, not expecting it, but it's just more of a... Uh, did I miss it or anything like that? That's where I'm yeah. coming. Yeah. So um, the snapshot for the airdrop is actually pre-crash. Um, so I'm not sure the exact. Yeah, it's pre. It's pre-DPEG. So I think you should be fine. I think you should qualify for the airdrop. So if you if you panic sold during the crash, um, you know we should. You know you should have be be in the snapshot still. Excellent. Thanks, man. That's uh, that's really great. And uh, I had one uh, more like kind of logistical question about how White Whale worked back then. Um, like I noticed, you know, when I would have uh, like a, a UST, I guess, um, uh, locked up there, right? Um, let's say like, you know, I had for for argument's sake, like a, a, a thousand UST up, up there. And, you know, I was like, hey, let's use it for arbitrage opportunities and get me a yield uh, similar to Anchor, right? But it's like doing something for the community. Uh, but when I looked at my dashboard, right, what it showed was like really small transactions all over the place, like in different, different you know, ways like that it was accumulating. And I was wondering, like, why not do bigger transactions instead of like tiny ones? Like there would be like, you know, a ten dollar transaction where it made a little bit of, uh, and was I reading it wrong or like how how did, did that mechanism work? Like was it taking like little portions of my thousand dollars that I had locked up there that that was being used for small arbitrage opportunities, or was uh, was it all put into a pool or like I yeah I I didn't quite get exactly how that part worked, and is that how you guys are doing it going forward as well? So regarding your first question, um, Sebastian already um, uh, touched this a little earlier when he said that arbitrage is a very competitive game, winner-takes-all game played by shadow entities. And they, as we, we know, we suspected it during the time, but we got some confirmation um, afterwards there were some entities doing, um, let's say, unfair stuff. So they misused their their powers. 
to um, take advantage. And some were really professional on top of that too. And they took most of the, the profitable arbitrage. So we were left with the small, small gain in that sense. And regarding your second question, um, no, we're not running in-house arbitrage as part of our protocol. Everybody can just um, perform arbitrage or liquidations himself. And uh, the, the protocol will profit by um, offering the flash loans, but also offering the pools through which is traded. Thanks. Sorry, I came in a little bit late, so I, I did hear some parts of that, but thanks for clarifying. You're welcome. Um, if anyone else has questions, feel free to request to come up. Um, once again, I had another question and it just escaped me, but I'm sure it'll come back in a second here. Um, but looking like not seeing any other requests, I guess what I think my question revolves around this. Maybe I'll remember it as I say through this, but I guess I just kind of want to give you guys like um an extra big round of props and like applause that there there's even been like a couple threads where people have been like what what upcoming protocols whatever you most excited in um and i've tagged you guys in a couple and i've even had some people replied like white whale really um because i think they just hear arbitraging or liquidation they're like oh well these are kind of mundane things um but i think the reason i'm so bullish on you guys and like excited to be able to have you guys on this space and just like have sencoms here and dms every now and then is unless i'm spacing on someone aside from what we're building with spark and ibc which is kind of a different ballpark altogether you guys are kind of the only like i think protocol that is building the way other protocols are going to build in five years truly cross-chain and interchain where like I, I kind of even liked that when i asked you know like where's your interchain uh command center gonna live that you're like not really sure yet um i think that's actually the right answer because things are changing so rapidly but also you guys are trendsetters in this way as well like you have a on-chain financial protocol that uh, once it's up to full you know full the V1 or V2, whatever you might want to call it, down the road bit. Um, it's probably the best example, um, especially of something that isn't just uh, in theory, but actually being built of a cross-chain protocol that is taking the cross-chain element to its core and like using it at every level and not just a little bit of, oh, like, oh, you could, you could send our token there or something. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Just just very open ended, like applause for you guys, um, especially knowing where you guys came from from the chaos of a Terra collapse. To be able to have the clarity and foresight during all that to be like, okay, we're in the cosmos. Here's the cosmos vision. It's interchain. Let's not just kind of you know let let's run with this fully. I think it's amazing, and I think it's like one of the reasons that Spark IBC has committed to like mainly only focus on projects that are chain agnostic and like beneficial for the whole interchain is because that's the only way we're we're going to survive long term right like the same way that ethereum is just unable to scale for the world's needs uh a series of 
loosely connected blockchains whose only real communication is like IBC and just a bunch of isolated projects on each is honestly just as much doomed for failure. Um, so very long winded there. I'll shut up. But I, I, I like I think beyond the actual what you guys do with the uh, liquidations and flash loans, I think the way you are doing it is what excites me the most. And I hope that gets through to some other people. Um, well, thank yeah. you, Timmy. We, we appreciate that. It's always it's good to be seen. Right. And what we've found just in our meetings behind the scenes, right, with different um, players in the IBCs, the ones who get it and the ones with foresight um, are very bullish on, on what we're doing and very excited about what we're building. Right. Um, people who truly understand the vision of the IBC, where it's going and what what problems it will face in the future. They're like, hey, you guys are looking ahead and you're, you know, this, inf you know, interchain arbitrage infrastructure is going to be needed. It's not it's not necessarily needed this minute, but it's going to be with where it's going, um, you know. So and, and the other the other point that I would make is, um, you know, if you look at things like uh, order book DEXs, right, like those are hot right now. You have, you know, three, four or five different teams working on order book DEXs, right? Um, the even decentralized stable coins. I just met with another team today that's building another decentralized stable coins. I counted five, right? Which which we need. We we need we probably need more than one decentralized stable coin, right? So it's there's not one point of failure there. But there's five teams working on it, right? We are we are the only team that I know that I am aware of that's trying to build something like this. That's even anywhere. There's no one else even close that I'm aware of. Right. Um, and there, there's a couple of reasons for that. One is the foresight issue, right? This is, this is different. This is new, you know, and two is it's, it's, it's not easy. It, it's not, you know, when it's new and when you're, when you're coding from scratch and you're talking about um, interchain command centers, right. It's, it's not, um, you know, it, it's not just a copy paste thing. It's not something that we could just go do deploy, you know, and get rich. Right. This is this is work. This is this is going to take time and thought and and um, the exacting. Right. But but yeah, I mean, we're we're the only ones in town. Right. That are that are touching this. Right. Although it's it really is and will be a critical piece of infrastructure for the IBC. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, to like, I'll, I know you guys already are kind of building a million things and have your hands more than full, but beyond just cross-chain arbitrage, you guys are going to be on the ground floor and have the first taste of cross-chain DeFi in general. And I, I personally believe like that if everything on your current roadmap pans out i think you guys will actually expand well past things we've talked about tonight because you're going to be in the position to do so you're going to be similar to how the cosmos hub is just always going to be special at least probably in my lifetime for being the first cosmos chain i, I don't think it should be understated what you guys are going to end up doing here by cementing yourself as probably one of the first cross-chain protocols that is not just cross-chain as, you know, one of its little side features, but as its core offering. So, I don't know. Keep your, keep your options wide, however, however much your bandwidth allows. <laughs> cool. Um, we had one other person request to come up, but then when I accepted, they disconnected. So, and I don't see them coming back. Um, but I think this was this was pretty phenomenal. Um, 
thinking, is there anything more we want to touch on here? I kind of think we, we did it justice, guys. I think we covered most of it, especially from the lack of questions. I've been seeing a lot of emoji reactions, so I know people are paying attention, and no questions means we did a good job, I guess. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very complex protocol, and you can really... Just understanding the abstract of it, you know, the idea of this interchain liquidity flow system is something to stomach. And then you can look at it from so many different perspectives, like the bot side, um, how we can interact with stable coins. And I haven't even started touching about how excited I am on launching on chains like Kujira or Say, where you can interact or you combine order books and AMMs together, which is something that's also very new in crypto and has some very interesting dynamics. So there are a lot of different um, different things you can, uh, or different perspectives you can take. And the interested listener will probably have to join another one or two spaces to really grasp it at full because it's, uh, yeah, it's a very complex protocol. But um, yeah, I hope I guess I guess actually I did want to ask a little bit more just on Kajira specifically because unless I'm, again, just spacing on something, Outside of Terra, and I know they don't even have it yet, but I think it's coming incredibly soon. They're going to be one of the only Cosmos chains or protocols with like uh, liquidation. Is that right, or am I forgetting someone? Mars. Outside of Terra. Outside of Terra. Because um... I don't think that like the. I mean, maybe if Comdex ever launches, there'll be liquidations there, but that's sort of a I think there's thing. a stable coin being built on Juno. I think there, there will be a True. couple of things popping up yep. in, during the last Oh, so that's actually... I'm actually glad you mentioned that, because as soon as you said it, it's a dumb moment for me. It doesn't take any explaining, but I hadn't actually thought uh, about liquidations expanding past like uh, margin protocols. It's also for things like stablecoin protocols that have collateral yes, behind them. Yes, yes. Anywhere anywhere liquidations might take place, you guys will be able to tap into, right? And then I know we're all already at the outro phase, but um, one of the things that the Terra crash made or what made it so horrible is that it wasn't possible to um, there was no quick and efficient cross-chain bridge between Ethereum and Terra. It was slow. Yeah. Which is why um, the, the peg it got off and the, the people weren't able to move the funds fast enough. And right. with us um, creating this interchain liquidity system where liquidity can flow very quickly and people can do efficient and easy interchain arbitrage, we can also help to stabilize all these stable coins. Mm. So just so to make near, it right. more complex. Merely by you guys existing, an independent third-party collateralized stablecoin protocol would just inherently have some extra backing at least given like you know free market people want to participate in it because there's a possible incentive there of course yeah. that's just sort of right it doesn't even necessarily they wouldn't uh so let's say a new stable coin was just gonna pop up or it did do they have to do any work to like integrate with you guys or are you kind of easily able to come into anywhere that has liquidations as part of its system and just sort of plug and play? Like, do you need to work with teams or is this just can be spun up kind of at, at will? There needs to be a contract interaction between the flash loan and whatever um, liquidation system the stablecoin has. But okay. an immediate thing that we can do for stablecoins is give market coverage 
because our liquidity house will deploy will be deployed on a lot of different chains, we will be able to give exposure to stable coins by having them on a lot of different chains. Right. Yeah, that that this is sort of what I was getting at earlier, where like just cementing yourself as the first cross-chain DeFi thing in general, I think is gonna just open up avenues and partnerships and just like new integrations and stuff that we might not even be able to think about now because counterparties haven't come up with their part of it or whatever it might be. Super, super cool. Okay. Um, well, no more questions. Don't need to drag this out um, too much longer. I think this, this was phenomenal. Um, also, whenever I do these, uh, I don't, uh, unless otherwise stated, don't have a time limit. So no worry about like, getting into stuff near intro or near outro um but i think i think this is probably a pretty good place to wrap it um i guess next steps for people like to look out for sounds like we got a little bit of alpha tonight that next week at some point that feels so soon um we might be able to go try out a white whale dex on juno and terra and terra yeah fantastic okay and if you're um, a developer, um, oh yeah, the, the workshop on Friday. Yeah, definitely, definitely shoot me something about that. I'm in quite a few little like developer circles that I have no right being in just because of the Spark workshop <laughs> and some other stuff. So um, I, I bet I could find some people that would be more than happy to get that insight. We'll do that. Thank you. Cool. Okay, cool. So for everyone else, um, just a couple like Cosmos Spaces shout outs. Uh, I think Mayor here, let me read that DM. I think he's going to spin up an after hours space after this. So if you want to just chat general Cosmos, check out Mayor Ed's space. Um, yep. Um, as for myself, um, I know I've been having a lot of guests on these boot camp spaces, which has been phenomenal. Um, but next week, I am reserving it for just kind of a classic boot camp. We'll talk about whatever, maybe even go to some basics, as I think some of the price action lately might start getting us some new people in um, sooner than later. And then week after that, uh, so two weeks from now, um, we're going to have... Uh, actually, the exact time is not decided. I don't know if it'll be the standard Wednesday time, but I'm going to be doing another follow-up with Kujira. Um, so that'll be super cool. Uh, other than that, um, the account isn't in here right now, but check out Cosmos Spaces for the best way to kind of stay up to date on all these spaces, um, uh, as well as Terra Spaces, honestly. Um, they're going to be in most of them anyways. Uh, huge shout out to Terra Spaces anyways. We have a campaign currently going on Spark IBC to show them a little bit of love. So if you've ever listened to any of his recordings or if you're already planning to donate, Come to do it through our website, get some Spark tokens, and uh, very soon, actually, we're going to start kind of releasing some more info on cool stuff those tokens will get you and some other cool stuff we have in the works. Um, admittedly, probably not as cool as Whitewell, but uh, we'll get there. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, so everybody, um, have a fantastic night. Sen and Sebastian, thank you for joining me as always. I always love these conversations. Very insightful. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us. Pleasure to be here. Just a, a final ending note. Um, you know, if anybody of you, if any of you want to support us, um, one way you could do so is to delegate to one of our validators. We're running them on several chains. We have a dele uh, validator on Juno, Terra. We just started one on Chihuahua, right? So if you 
if you stake on any of those chains, um, you know, feel free to, to send some delegation our way. That's how we're supporting our, our, our development. So. And by the way, I don't think I echoed in at the time, but I couldn't agree more on the validator being one of the best ways to finance a project as opposed to like, you know, dumping on token holders. It's, it's one of the reasons I've never agreed with the whole validators who sell rewards are bad thing. There, there's so much nuance to it. And this is much more preferable than doing some kind of, you know, uh, white whale token funding plan or whatever. So awesome. Um, I'll definitely throw you guys some tokens. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to do this again in like a month or two when uh, your kind of liquidity pools have been live for a while. And when we're looking at the launch of some new stuff, we'll do some more teasers, maybe drop some alpha. Yeah, sounds, sounds great. Good. Yep, we're happy to come back. Are you going to be in Medellin, Timmy? I don't think so. I have a ticket, but I haven't, I haven't even like, I, I'm thinking about it. All right. <laughs> there, there's some logistics to figure out, sure, but um, sure. you'll definitely know if so. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll be crossing paths eventually. Yeah. And we're, we're happy to come. We're happy to come chat whenever you want. Love it. All right, guys. Much appreciated. Thanks, everybody who stopped by. Terraspace is for recording. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, catch some of you guys in Mayor Ed space. And if not, weekend, Terrace, uh, weekend Cosmos spaces. And then next Wednesday at this time, uh, a good old fashioned boot camp where anybody can come up. We'll talk about whatever, catch up on the Cosmos in general. So. Everybody enjoy the rest of your week. Have a great evening, morning, or afternoon, wherever you are. And uh, catch you all next time. Yep. See you guys. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Cosmo Spaces Cosmonaut Boot Camp featuring White Whale, hosted by Tendermint Timmy. Recorded on Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep a hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focus, star screen jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, vision in the middle men. Listen to the fatal man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds you gotta find cover wipe off the bird poop right off the work while you try on the worst juice blinded by perps who try to reverse truth slide like fox news just trying to lie to you eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants i can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis mock up a basement
basement could call me resilient Waiting for the internet to make me a b-b-b-billion In the middle men listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then talk about how While the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how while the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Channel Spaces <laughs>